Okay. <laughs> I know you're still chewing, but it's cool. Uh, okay. All right, everybody, welcome to a new episode of Indie Film Cafe. I'm your host, Paulie Presenza, otherwise known as the Moo Cow, and I'm joined by... Jonathan A. Moody. Yay! And today we have a very special co-host. Please introduce yourself. It's me, Rimaku. Yay! Rimaku's back. Yay! And we also have... We have Bash. Say hi, Bash. He said no. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, doing it on cue before. He can't he's, perform he, while other people hold on, are I, listening. Can I steal this from you? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now he'll do it. Hey, Bastion. Bastion, you want to say hi? Oh. <laughs> there you go. Outstanding. All right. Oh, good. Well, you know, that might mean he's quiet while we're doing the show. Too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we have gathered together, as we do, to watch a movie, and uh, it's a real treat this time. Hopefully you're going to like it. This is all about female empowerment. Oh, no. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, but, but, but oh, no. <laughs> we are going to watch a movie called Hot Chicks Blast Uranus. Hot Chicks Blast Uranus. And it looks like it's going to be a very unique and interesting film. <laughs> oh no! I mean, the last one she was on was the um, the one we did for Jeremiah Morehouse movie, yep. right? It was yep. the 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 the. Hot biker, biker warrior babes versus the zombie baby apocalypse. Yes. Zom yeah, yeah. <laughs> zombie babies from hell. Zombie well, babies you know, from hell. You know, the, the title is just so far, it's just so unique. You know, yeah. so, <laughs> so lovely. I, have, you. I haven't seen it on any questionable websites before, not even once. <laughs> what, which one? Huh? Which one? <laughs> 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 All right, so we will be back to talk about this film right after some mood music. Okay, yeah. everybody, it with and we are back. So, first impressions, Hot Chicks Blast Uranus. I want to hear from you guys. Well, the title was apt. The title <laughs> was exactly what we saw uh, on the screen. Yes, it <laughs> certainly some, was. Some movies, the title doesn't, you know, isn't a part of the movie or whatever, but this it definitely was. I'm looking at you, Geek Maggot Bingo. Yeah, Geek Mag Maggot Bingo did not have Geeks Maggot or Bingo in it. So. <laughs> but this definitely had hot chicks, and they were blasting Uranus. Or they were blasting things from Uranus. And know? Yeah, and this means two things. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so who can sort of talk about what happens in this wackadoodle film? Oh, I'm going to do it. All I'm right. All right, so um, the story is about... Some girls, presumptively between the ages of 16 and 20. The age is kind of ambiguous. And each of these, each of these women have some sort of anger issue of sorts. And so they're put into this halfway house. And they're supposed to get along. They do not. Everybody's a little special in one way or another. Some are very special. Super nice halfway house, I'm just going to Oh, say. yeah. No, this thing was like straight up a mansion. And so that, you know, already. An indoor pool. A jacuzzi. Pool. Oh, my God. Oh, good. Yeah, it was really nice. Uh, and then, you know, some, some stuff starts, like, falling from space and landing. And these little, like, aliens show up. And they. You know, um, like it normally does. Yeah, and they like they that happens. they propagate in very interesting ways, primarily by apparently going through the digestive system. Um, it ain't great. <laughs> they they were they definitely they had a wide variety of sound effects for this particular birthing process. Yep, yep. <laughs> Pretty much a plus, just tons yeah. of tons of just butt tuba in there. There, there. there is some some pooping and fart stuff going on big time in this film. Oh yeah, there was just a just a very significant amount of bowel I, movements. You know, given the fact that that uh, Lloyd Kaufman is in this movie, I had a flashback. Those of you who's ever seen Poultry Geist know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm like, when I first saw this, I was like, oh boy, I hope we're not going in that direction, but we don't. Which is kind of good. I I will say, you know what this sort of reminded me of now that I'm thinking about it? The movie that you had Ramaku watch the first time that she was on the show ever mm -hmm. 
and uh, that was the that was the do or die time anyway. Biker like, warrior no. babes. No, not biker warrior babes. No, no, Attack no, no. of the beast creatures. Oh, the bitey puppets. Yes, yes. The bi- it was more bitey puppets. It's actually. like a combo of the two. Except for these bitey puppets were very um. <laughs> well, they had a better targeting rate, a much more specific target to bite. And they were one-eyed Elmo. Uh, yes. Not even stuffies. They, they were, were muppets. They were just. They were. They were straight up. <laughs> Muppets. Right, right, right. From the Muppet store. Yeah, the Muppet store. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh my God. One-eyed Elmos. Right. Know, oh, but they much. were they were just they were just savage, savage mm. biting uh, Elmo Muppets. And there was like a bunch of them too. Like I thought it was only going to be one, you know, that they would just over, over use over not, and over again. Did you not sure. see the amount of spiky balls? Oh, I know. No, spiky I thought that I know. Balls. Yeah. I know more would pop up, but I thought they would only have one e- each time. Right. Was I mean, attack. let's face it. When we, we deal with a lot of micro-budget films and you think, okay, they've only got enough money to spend for one Muppet. But no, we must have gotten a, at least a dozen Muppets. Yep, there were just uh, there were a bunch of actual Muppets just hanging around. You know, Either that or maybe it was like the same shot and they just kind of like... Well, they took like maybe they took the same Muppets, the same five or six, and just put them in. Whatever, I don't know. I don't know how many Muppets <laughs> that they had, but they had a good amount. Well, we're we're definitely going to have to interview Richard Mogg and and talk to him about this film because I bet, this by, is I bet awesome. by the time this is out, that you know, we would have. Let's hope so. So, getting back to what happens in the film, we 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 have our invasion. Yes, we have our invasion, and then through the through a series of of random events. Um, including but not limited to several murders and a party that was not really a party. Um, <laughs> they tried, it, but they, they partied. Well, Paul always calls it the saddest party. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it was just, it was like... Well, they called up like these 45-year-old men who never showed up. Instead, younger guys showed up. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like... Um, it's The disappointment of this party is akin to like if you're, if you're like a soda person... And somebody says, here, try this, and they hand you a LaCroix, and you take a sip. It's like that level of disappointment. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really like LaCroix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, that, that, that's, that's the party. The film itself is, is, is more than, than the LaCroix. Yes. But um, through this, this battle, they, they have to take down these aliens uh, and try somehow to just, like, survive. And, and we find out all kinds of interesting details about each individual hot chick. Absolutely. Do you want me to go through the sure, details? Sure, 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 sure. All right, so we got one chick who's just a really, really cool fighter. Um, one chick who's kind of a dominatrix in a way. Uh, one chick who just, like, orgasms at any and everything. <laughs> as uh, you do. Yeah, as one does, you know, good problems to have. <laughs> and then you have somebody who can move things with her mind and so it's just you know a nice wide variety of weird right and they initially can't get along but then they get put into the predicament where you're being invaded from uranus by a bunch of evil one-eyed muppets flesh-eating creatures from uranus from uranus um you know it has a tendency to sort of pull people together despite their differences yes this movie doesn't deserve like this, but I just need to know um, because it is the uh, news reporter played by Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman. Oh, but it's not his voice. No. They dubbed his voice with some person other than him. But um, Lloyd Kaufman was saying like this this stuff's from Uranus coming out, you know, or whatever. Uh, how did he know that like the meteors were coming from Uranus? Trajectory. He's Lloyd Kaufman. I just knows. All right, I'll I'll buy it. <laughs> magic? Why not? Sure, sure. I mean, the magic of cinema. You can just and you can then just say anything. the 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 uh, twist at the end. Yes. The M Night Shyamalan twist at the end. Yes, the chick who can move things with her mind and who through the uh, the entire film has been singing and saying that she doesn't belong here. Turns out she doesn't belong here. She is a shit scraper. <laughs> no. Yes, who yeah. fight the shit monsters from yes. Uranus. Yes, she's a scraper that fights shit. So she's a she's a, a shit, shit, scraper. shit scraper. As you do. You have to, you know. So she gets into the spaceship and flies away to where they're going to do more fighting in Uranus and while the other two hot chicks uh, presumably mop up the rest of the Elmos, the evil one. Because you yes. see some more coming at the end. Mm. You know. yeah. They're coming from Uranus. Yes, <laughs> yes. Lots of... Lots of um, 
Lots of shit. There you lots go. of shit jokes. And even starts out with saying like Monday the uh, you know before the shit you know or whatever. Then Wednesday, you know, still before the shit or whatever. And we then, were like, is this mid shit? Yeah, you said yeah. is this mid shit? <laughs> yeah, this is mid shit. And, and then, it was because Friday was the shit storm. And then day of the shit. Yes, day of the shit. And the shittening. Let's know. let's not forget that one dude, the angry dude. Oh yes, of course, the man who was out for revenge but never left his home. His revenge was <laughs> was living well. Yes, because he was like he was like, oh, she stole my manhood. She broke my arm. And worst of all, she stole my VCR. VCR. So you can tell this was 2012. I thought it was earlier, actually, because mm. it said it was a lost film. Mm-hmm. I actually got 2005 vibes from this movie mm-hmm. and stuff, which is, I guess, a good thing. Whatever. I, um, I love how Angry Guy, his his broken arm cast was just a couple of... It was just paper towels. Paper towels. And then, at one point, he goes over to his counter and it looked, it's the exact same paper towels he just pulled right off of the roll. Yep, Yep. they probably did that that day and were like, you know, you need something (laughs) on your arm. Let's do it. And they they didn't care. But then he, he does need a grisly end. He does, he does. He's doing zero things. He does not leave his apartment once. He just... Sits there saying, I will have my revenge. And he has like the knife. And then at the very end, he's just, he, well, he's farting. And he gives me the sort of feeling like maybe he was somebody that threw some money at the production and said, okay, give me five minutes in the film and, you know, I'll give you 500 bucks. Definitely gave those vibes. Anyway, he came to a very sharting end. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah. And that was like through the credits, too. So it's like, it would show one credit, then it'll come back to him, then. We were just like wondering why does it keep coming back to him and then up? Okay. Alrighty, so let me give you some background. There's not a whole lot of background on this film because it is a lost film from Richard Mogg. It was made in 2012, but it was finally released to the general public in 2021. Thank God. I did not even know this movie existed until I saw John Ward excitedly posting. It's like, oh, I got Hot Chicks Blast Uranus. And I was like, what, what, what? <laughs> why, why have I not heard of this film? And why do I not have this in my collection? Well, it was a lost film, so I did not know about it. I knew about some of this director's earlier films. He had done Easter Bunny Bloodbath, and it turns out there's an Easter Bunny Bloodbath too. Of course there is, because there are so many unanswered no questions. No more tears, first. that's what it's called, right? No more tears. No more tears. Uh, Bangin' Vengeance, Massage Parlor of Death, and of course the one that I knew, which was Bigfoot Ate My Boyfriend. Because did you buy that one too? I have that one as well. Mm. So I did not know about this. So when John Ward put this up there, and I was like, <gasps> I must buy this right now. I can see you drooling. <laughs> oh yeah, so I immediately bought it, and it came here, and I watched it, and I was like, yes, I have to show. There were just excited cows. Everybody who's I've ever met in my entire life, this film. And um, it's it's just a fun, interesting, weird, low-budget production where... Almost cl- no budget. I love it. I love it. Clearly, they don't care about that. Clearly, they're having fun. And that kind of fun is infectious. You know, if you're not sinking a whole lot into this and you're just rolling with it, people will buy into it and just enjoy it. And you're they're having fun. You're having fun. It's a lot of fun. Mm. So the other thing about Richard Mogg, in addition to, well, he wrote, directed, produced, edited, did just about everything. All the effects. All that stuff. Did he do the effects? He did. Uh He also wrote a book. Now, this is where a lot of our folks know him from, like people like Tony Masciallo and all those guys. He wrote a book called Analog Nightmares, which is the shot on video horror films of 1982 to 1985, which he kind of goes over and tracks from the very first shot on video film all the way up to basically the, the end of it, because by the 95 you're starting to get HD cameras and stuff like that. But he's interviewing Mark Polonia, Donald Farmer, Tim Boggs, Joel Weinkoop, James L. Edwards, David the Rock Nelson, uh, wow. Ron Bonk. Yeah, he's interviewing everybody in this, and it's this book, and I've been dying to get my hands on this book. You haven't got your hooves on that Not yet? Not yet, but I'm a going to. So this is just amazeballs, and you can definitely see. I mean, he we, we saw a little bit of his uh, of his intro. It's like the what the fuck happened to the film, where he's talking about him and his friends, and clearly this is a friends and family in the backyard kind of a production. Right. You know, they they were film school friends, and they're like, well, why can't we do what we did in film school and just make it into a real film? 
And so they did. Thank that God they Easter did. Bunny, uh, Easter Bunny bloodbath. bloodbath. And then it kind of went on from there. Now there is some stuff going on with this film that I'm not 100% sure because on the, the trailer, the end of the trailer says the movie that led to a divorce. I'm not sure what the story is behind all this, mm. but I do know in that, in that little extra bit that he, he talked about how right when they were finishing up the movie is when life stuff happened. So I guess he had a daughter and a bunch of other life things got in the way. And so Aww. this movie kind of got shoved to the side or buried or forgotten about or something. But he got back to it. But he got back to it, thank, thankfully. In 2021. Um, my goodness. It, it took a while, but clearly there was a lot there to share. And, um, yeah, and it seems like most of these people have worked with him in other productions. So Candy Pickles, who is our heroine, uh, she's, the, she's the girl who can move things with her mind. Um, her name is Alexis Belvedere. I love that name. I know. And while I haven't looked at all of their, their credits on IMDb, I'm almost positive all of these folks have worked with him before in other places. Um, she was pretty marvelous. Oh, yeah. And um, let's see. So then there was uh, the one that I call Mean Jess. Jess St. James, I think is what her name was. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Caitlin Yurkew. She's also somebody who has worked in, in his films before. She's gorgeous. She was really nice. I mean, they are all pretty. I mean, yeah, no yeah, doubt for about sure. that. Uh, then the third hot chick is... Trish or, Ogasm. Trish Ogasm, or I call it that or, was my Orgasm favorite. Trish. My, not just because you <laughs> orgasm all the time, but I thought she was adorable. <laughs> she was adorable. Yeah. Christina Martine, that was the actress who played that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claire Holt, I think, is the girl that I like, the, the sort of nice... Uh, responsible wear the oh, uh, yeah. unicorn yeah. hammer hat. Yeah. Unicorn hat. That was so adorable. That was Martha Stouse. Miss Canry is the actual person who supposedly owns the halfway house with the uh, purple halter top and the blue fuzzy robe. Um, that was she was played by Megan Kinsley. The Steven Seagal quote unquote guy was played by Doug Ferguson. I, I thought it was funny that they make a joke, like where they, he was like, my name is Steven Seagal. And the girl looks and goes, your name is Steven Seagal? And then that's it. That's it. Like, they don't, it, it doesn't. No follow-up. No follow-up on. Yeah. It was obviously supposed to be a joke of how, like, you know, obviously his name is and he's named after not even favorite. close to looking like Steven uh, Seagal. Yeah, just funny. just a harsh look of judgment, and they're just like, okay, I'm gonna go, and then she just dips. And then she leaves. She dips, and then she does the big dip. Right, and then finally we have Chet Brockwell, the local newscaster, played by the one and only Uncle Lloyd Lloyd Coffin from <laughs> Trauma Films. Even though, as as Mr. Moody points out, you see him, but we don't actually hear him because he is dubbed. In fact. There's a lot of weird dubbing going on in this oh film. Oh my gosh! Talk about the dubbing. Okay, so, uh, in a <laughs> so someone someone decided that dubbing over these these women's voices with children's voices in all of the pool scenes would be hilarious, and so that's what they did. So you have this little kid saying, "She's such a bitch," and it just I lost it. Uh, she she doesn't just say bitch. She also says like she says. All these bad words. She says shit, and she says. I think she said. I think she said fuck at some point. Yeah. So but I was. I was highly amused. I mean, all words are made up, so I don't really. It's not really. Like you a have thing. to wonder. I mean, it was eight years between mm-hmm. the movie was shot and when it finally came out. So I'm wondering. Would it be the kid? Yes. Is that's that his thinking. daughter? That's what I'm thinking because you know in the beginning it was like yeah we had a kid life happened. And then eventually, like, after making all these other movies, he went back to, like, do all this stuff. And then he, like, eventually came back to this film. Like, maybe it was the kid. It's like, this was filmed before you were born. It's, like, irony. It's yeah. good. It, it was kind of a risk because you're taking a chance by having, you know, 25-year-old hot women who are clearly sexually mature with little kid voices. That's, some people would see that as very, very gross mm. if it didn't work if it wasn't done right mm-hmm. but it was done right i mean at least there were the kids voices did take a, a pause when there was the brief nudity scenes so yes 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 that that's good not not to mention the pooping scenes the farting scenes the sex scenes and the uh the, Elmo the attack scenes the yes penis. so let's let's talk a little about about the very 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 special special effects here. Yes, yeah, so let's talk about let's let's have some cock talk here. There, there, there were practical effects and there were special video digital effects. I yes. guess we'll talk practical first. Okay, so practical. 
You want to the only it? the only thing I mean the only practical one was uh, the dick getting cut up and, and stuff. But. Well, there okay. So there was the there was the fake penis, Mister Floppy or Mister Softy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were also the the eggs, quote unquote, the plastic balls. Yes. Several sizes of those. And then the gummy worms. The gummy things. worms. Yeah. Those were, were those effects? I mean, those are just yeah. like gummy worms going in their mouth, you know? Like, I mean, that's, a, that's an effect, right? It's a practical one. It's physical. I, I, I would count it as a practical effect. I, yeah, I mean, I would agree. The guns? Talk about the guns. The guns. The oh rubber God. guns? <laughs> I, th- I think they were plastic. Plastic guns? Like, they oh, own- yeah, the, the owner, she confiscates everything from the girls who come here, and then there's like some like AK 47s. Those weren't even AK 47s. They looked like. Squeaky guns. They look like if you squoze them, that they would squeak. If you squoze them. Wow. Yes. Uh, like dog toy guns. That's they, they look. Yeah, like. they looked like 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 dollar store, like wannabe BB guns. I absolutely loved them. I. <laughs> I. <laughs> they were pretty good. They yeah. were awesome. They fit the mood of the movie perfectly. The mood. The mood. Um, and then we have our digital effects. We had spaceships of a kind. And the meteors. Of a kind. <laughs> Because the, the spaceships, original spaceships that were just, I guess, meteors, right? Because mm-hmm. they weren't, like, um, they weren't actual spaceships. They just exploded. Very realistic they, explosions. Oh, yeah. so real. I thought I was really Triggering. there. I oh, my gosh. I just love the scene where, like, it happens, and the girl goes, you know, uh, was it Candy looks over and goes, what was that? And then the girl goes, what? I yeah, I like, there's a very loud explosion, <laughs> and they're looking at it. It's like, what was that? <laughs> what? Excuse me? <laughs> Well, I, and you know what? Um, we we've watched many movies like this, uh, especially like Chris Seaver films, are very much like that. Where there are movies like uh, Mulva Zombie Ass Kicker or Filthy McNasty, or well, you haven't you haven't yet watched the Anal Paprika series. It's coming. What? It's coming. Yes, Anal Paprika. You know. This is why we need to have you here more often. There are so <laughs> many <laughs> wonderful movies. That show you're right. You. You're right. I gotta I gotta visit way more often. Yeah. So or move fun. back. You know. You can. Do oh my goodness. Move. Out of the country. Um, <laughs> but, uh, please don't. Yes, please, please don't. Um, we'll see. But anyway, uh, we're, you know, we're talking about, uh, what is it, uh, you know, the, the, the movies like that, uh, Chris Seaver's films, this film, um, Brad Twig, you know, all these filmmakers who go out of their way to just make goofy shit for fun. You know, they're just enjoying themselves. I mean, could you not... Think a little bit of David the Rock Nelson too, no. with no. Uh, well, just the use of the of the puppets. Come on, yeah, yeah. the use of the puppets right no. there. Sorry. That's that's Devil Ant right there. No, no, no. Different, <laughs> different. Like the only nope. difference is that David the Rock Nelson likes to sort of talk about his movie before the movie actually starts for about twenty minutes or uh, forty minutes or fifty an minutes, hour, an no, hour. No, thank whatever. you. Depending on how lucky you get. No, thank you. <laughs> but it's. You know, homemade, use a toy and pretend that it's actually real. But but see, here's the thing. Like, at least, you know, it almost feels like in these movies, like, people play along. There's a script, it seems. Like, it does seem like it's actually got a script, which not many of these movies feel like they actually do, mm-hmm. you know. This and seems less improv. I, I'm yeah. looking at you, yin-yang insane. Yeah, <laughs> things like that where it's just improv or whatever, just... You know, at least, you know, even Robert Elkins might not have a script, but he actually has ideas of what he wants to do, and he's got a vision, and he's able to, you know, take it and make it. Um, this this director was wonderful because he was able to grab his, uh, what is it, um, uh, grab his script, get the girls to do it. They did the dialogue, I mean, per, pretty yeah, much probably good. the way he wanted them to do it. And I thought it was just, I thought it was a fun movie. You know, honestly. <laughs> and I thought all the acting was good. Okay, clearly the, the angry guy. You know, I can't say that he was a bad actor because he gave a bad performance, but I'm thinking it's be- on purpose. On it purpose, had to have yeah. been done on, on no, purpose. No, all of this was all done on purpose. Yeah. Even, I mean, there's that one part where the girl goes, <laughs> and I'm like, that had to be on purpose. Yeah. Like she was told to make that face, yeah. you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite part. Everybody what laughed a, at that. I, I would have thought they were from Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It just came out of nowhere where she did that. And it just, 
it worked so well where you're just like cause I was a little worried you were you were getting kind of I don't know that all the poop stuff was kind of getting to you it seemed I I'm not a really big fan of like poop jokes and stuff <laughs> you know I'm not I just don't find them that Poops funny. and farts he and do, he finds them rather shitty yeah <laughs> but uh my uh, but, but you know sh- Jackie <laughs> Uh, oh, tell me she wouldn't let fun yeah, with Yeah, she would have had a lot of fun with this movie. I think so. She would have laughed. I think um, so. God, I don't even know why I never showed her Chris Seaver. Because Chris Seaver does that, too. Does a lot of sure. poop jokes. Sure, sure, sure. I just never, you know, I, I I find the stuff that's other stuff, you know, or whatever, a little funnier. I I don't know. The teen ape stuff in Chris Seaver mm. is a lot more funny than uh, the yeah. poop jokes. Pe- and, teen ape gets a little old after a while, though. I don't either. think so. I, I could watch... But, Similar Hours. to a lot of these movies, Brad Twig and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I love how you get older people to play like they're teenagers and everybody's fine with it. Everybody's cool. Even the guys they call up, they're getting excited about the party. It's clearly an older man with hair, with gray hair. <laughs> yes. Like, and then he never shows then they up never again. Show up. Yeah. But but they were like, oh, we called, the, you know, Danny Savani is his name or whatever. Danny Savani. And, and he shows up, I guess. But the other two guys that they called up never show yeah, up. Yeah, him and Steven Seagal managed to show up with, what is it, wine coolers? I don't, it was a box of something. <laughs> they never get used again, so it doesn't yeah, they matter. Yeah, just, they just drink beer after that. They yeah. brought not beer and then drank beer. It was funny. Uh, you typically it's like a pizza because you know usually you're eating that with the crew because that's probably what you're feeding them that day. But yes. I, I do ho- love how you know during their quote unquote dinner scene they were all eating salad and potato chips, like three bowls of potato chips and three bowls of salad. I, I love when the lady comes in after getting uh, attacked by the gummy worms or whatever that she got, <clears throat> she was eating. She comes up there and she. Uh, the, the girl's like, oh, I'm going out. And then she was like, what are you cooking that tonight? Was Susan. And she goes, food. I thought she said uh, you, you know, at first. But no, she clearly it's said you, uh, food. Right. And, and then she's yes. like, ooh, yum. <laughs> yum you're your such cooking. a great cook. Such yeah. a great cook. And she's like, I'm going to go on my date wearing all these like conservative clothes. And she just like pulls off the rest of her clothes when she comes out. And she's just like, ta-da. Well, and she's in like fact, a is dominatrix. Wearing, yeah. Saying. She's like wearing like this dominatrix stuff from the early 2000s. So a lot of fun visuals, a lot of fun effects. Talk a little bit about the dialogue and the writing. You know, cheesy, purposefully so, but not bad like right. compared to like a lot of other stuff that that, that I've, I've seen through this this podcast <laughs> um <laughs> this was actually like decently written it was funny enough like yeah. i liked it it was it was cute mm-hmm. you know that's what i can say like and you would not think a movie actually called hot chicks blast uranus would be cute you know like it just sounds <laughs> like I don't know, like you're going to get something, you're going to get a porn. Right, it almost know? sounds like it's supposed I mean, to be a porn parody. They did have the random scene with the raw wieners. That's yeah. true. Oh, God, a raw wiener scene. That was that was rough. That was the roughest part in the yeah. film Like, uh, Like, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. But what were you, that's disgusting. <laughs> like, disgusting. At least cook the wiener. At least cook the wiener before it. you share it and make it a make-out scene. <laughs> oh. like, that almost made you throw up. Oh, I mean, God. well, remember, first it's it, it's in Candy Pickles' cleavage, and then Steven Seagal takes it out with his mouth. It was a game that And they then played. Orgasmo Trish. Trish. Yeah, tr- yeah Trish Orgasm. Yeah. She didn't orgasm from that. No, no. No, but she Who did would? just randomly orgasm, like, at some point, and we didn't know it yet, and then we were like, what, what, what's happening here? See? <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yes. There you go. Yes, it was, it was And you know something. what? That didn't even bother me, like, because, like, when she did it, we are like, what, what? It kind of, like, we disappeared and didn't think about it. Then, later, she talks about how she always orgasms yep. all the time, and we're like, you looked at me, you are like... That made sense now. Yep, know? yep. Like, stub my toe, start bleeding, orgasm. Okay. Get out of well, the shower, And that's orgasm. the other thing. This this movie could have been a lot more of a sex comedy, and that's kind of where maybe I was initially expecting it to go when I first saw it. But it's not really doing that. Well, I mean, there was that whole scene where uh, Miss Canry was, like, getting taken over by these these worm things, and the entire shot is just boobs. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just boobs for like and, a solid minute. And there is a there is a scene where Candy, with her mind, takes the top off of Mean Jess in the pool. Mm-hmm. But that's really it. 
You know, it's not like, um, oh, the Flesh Gordon meets the Cosmic Cheerleaders. That is a sex comedy, you know what I mean? And, right. Or, or a porn parody. But that's, that's not where this goes. Well, and, and the funny thing, you say that because, like, Hot Chicks Blast Uranus, once again, sounds like a, like, a, sounds like yes. the Flesh Gordon, you know, meets the Cosmic Cheerleaders or whatever. Mm. Um, so it, it sounds Which we like. I have to show you sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's stupid. I am but down to it, watch any films you want to show me. I'm about yay. it. She's fallen in love with this stuff. I yay. have. I have. At first, I was, like, a little bit unsure. I was like, oh, well, it's purposely terrible. Maybe I won't like it. And now I'm just like, more please. Thank you. <laughs> We wouldn't steer you well, wrong. I mean, and you know what? There is a there. Okay, so I mean, look at like Birdemic, right? That was just badly done, you know. And the yes. guy didn't know what he was doing and right. made a movie, right? Then he realized everybody was sort of laughing at how bad and it was done it. and loving that. However, then he made Birdemic too. Not as much. And fun. not as much fun yeah. because he knew then that it was gonna. Then he tried to play for comedy. Now. There are filmmakers who can't do that, right? right. There it's, are filmmakers who just can't. It's like catching lightning in a bottle. It only happens once, and you and can't recreate it. You can't not. You can't recreate it, and you can't put comedy into it on purpose. If you, uh, the other one, I know Kate's gonna hate me for saying this. Samurai Cop Two. Oh. <laughs> the thing I hated about it the most was just how much they knew how bad the first one was. Yeah. So they just. Like, I, it just became, you can't coast off your own success I, immediately after. I understand. I mean, I like Samurai Cop 2 for different reasons. You're right. I don't. It's not as much fun as the original, and it's certainly not the same reasons. I just like it for different reasons. Oh, you like all the nudity in it. Well, all and, the porn stars and in just it. Tommy Wiseau going over insane with his acting. I just you know, you gotta love that. Tommy Wiseau. It's yeah. just I, fun. I barely remember him in it. Um, <clears throat> honestly, I know he was in it. Mm. Oh yeah, but. Yeah, it's very, very difficult to, to sort of do that on purpose. Um, right. It's a bit of a minefield. But these guys did a good job with it, I thought. I thought so, too. My, my, I do have a few issues. Okay, the pacing was a little flat sometimes. There are some times, especially when we're, we're sort of doing the whole, you know, touching scene with candy pickles. There are a few too many of those, in my opinion. Um, the, oh, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you, I literally thought you meant touching, like no, 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 somebody no. touching candy. No, I mean, you know, the narrative <laughs> slows down at that point. When she starts singing her song that she There were a couple too randomly. many scenes of that, in my opinion. I, we literally oh, looked man. at each other after we saw this and we're like, is this a musical? <laughs> yeah, that, the, the singing was a little bit unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, no, no offense a little to bit of uh, that was cool, Alexis Belvedere. She's a great actress or whatever, but I, I don't see her going on Broadway. And it, well, it, it was it, it wasn't so much like her like her pitch or or anything like that. It was it just it like there's a certain level of cheesy that's great, and then it just gets to the point where you kind of cringe. Yeah, it and jumps it, the shark at some point. Yeah, and at that point, it it jumped several sharks, and <laughs> I was just sitting there like and a manatee. Is, like, like please, please, please end end it or me, pick one. Yeah, yeah, because they did it once, and I was like, all right, whatever. And you said this wasn't a musical, so I was like, okay, we'll never hear the song and again. They did it two more times. Two more yeah. times, and I was just like, the, the, come on. The now. second time it was iffy. The third time it was too much. Like yeah, yeah. dude, stop. Like we're done yeah. with this stupid song. And so, there was no reason for it except for like, I don't belong here. I meant for more. Ta-da, you are. Let's sing it again. And yep. there were there are a few other scenes too that that don't really contribute so much to the narrative and either pad mm. the movie out or they, they just don't really add anything. But for the most part, I would say eighty five percent to ninety percent of the film is perfectly fine. And that that in itself is a big win over a lot of the movies that we see. Mm-hmm. So if we were gonna shorten it, I'd say maybe five, six, seven, eight minutes at tops. Yeah. The rest of it is pretty darn good. That's pretty impressive too for a for like a, a small indie film and stuff like that. And he mentions in there that they were able to secure the site in order to film for what do you think? Three he said? days. Three days and two nights. For the entire so, film. Right. Now you guys, being independent filmmakers, you know what it's like to shoot as much as you can in one, you know, one bit of time like that. We had trouble doing that with a short film. Imagine doing a full-length film in just three days. Oh, no, I can't understand that. And, like, it poggles my mind when I see these independent filmmakers who are able 
so like uh, David Dakota shoots everything in three days, you know, or whatever. Full length films. Yeah, full length films. Uh, Chris Seaver makes full length films in three three days, you know, or over a weekend. Wow. Um, just gets his friends. They go that night on Friday night. They start shooting. Then, you know, Saturday they go through the whole day, and then Sunday they finish. And I'm just like, I don't understand that because <laughs> like, because like we did uh, the Dark Office here and everything, and that short film in itself took like two nights and that was 20 minutes or whatever and those were late nights too it was at 3 30 in the morning ending nights too right it was rough i mean we could have wrote it where some of it took place during the day or something and whatnot but it's just and it to me it, it wouldn't have worked and i just i mean i get it like if you're gonna shoot all day but man that's that means you have to Get your actors to be on their spot exactly at the, you know, right? Say the exact good lines. Say it once or twice. Probably can't do more than two takes. Make sure there's coverage. Make sure there's coverage. I mean, you are... The fact that this guy was able to do that in that amount of time and, and make a hour and a half or a little less probably movie, I mean, I hat, hats off to him, man. I, mm-hmm. and, I and, and not to turn into an incoherent mess, which we've seen with many other films. A 90210 shark attack. Yeah. <laughs> that was a David Dakota mess of a movie. Yeah. And uh, and that was shot in three days. And that's that's partly the problem with a lot of films. It's just like when you have that low time, it's most likely not gonna not gonna come out good. You need you know, um, there's other filmmakers we've seen we've seen some that are just so terrible because they don't spend enough time. And well, they go off and make another movie, and it's the same thing. And I'm like, oh. Right. Now, now, Richard Mugg did bring out a point. He did say he knew that in the production they were going to have to make sacrifice, and the sacrifice in this case was going to be sound. So they knew they were going to have to come over and do something different with the sound. He said that in Easter Bunny Bloodbath, they just shot using whatever microphone was in yeah, the camera the, itself. Yeah. Um, oh, God, what did he call it? Um I forgot what he called it, but he said that they always knew they were going to be dubbing this one too. Right, right. So he used he used um, an Omni. Uh, I almost say Omnivision, but Omni um, Sound shotgun microphone. It wasn't shotgun and where it's all in one direction. It was set on the Omni whatever setting mm-hmm. where it's everything. So they were able to utilize that. But I mean, you and I know that's just not going to be good enough. In a no. lot of cases, so they're going to have to do a lot of ADR, and so that's fine. They were able to utilize that and, and do kind of fun comedic effects with that at the same time, which was cool. I, I'm glad they did that. Um, so that was good. But I mean, clearly, in order to fit an entire film into three days and two nights, some sacrifice is going to have to be made. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm dying to hear the commentary. There's commentary on there, so. I can imagine there's probably all kinds of other notes about other things that probably happened during the production. Especially the story on how it led to a divorce. Oh, God. Oh my that God. sounds terrible. I know. It uh, does, but I'm dreadfully curious. Imagine the the uh, the stress. Because remember what we went through in some of our productions for just short films. I can't imagine trying to pump out enough footage for a full-length film all compressed in that short period of time. And... You know, you've only got a little bit of money. You've got to, because you're not going to be able to come back and, and, and get this site again. No, you're not. So you got to shoot. You got to do everything. There's everything done. You, you can't come back later and do other stuff. So the pressure is on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can't imagine what that would be like. You know? um, also, we talked earlier about how there was a Roshan who worked on the film. That's right. And I'm wondering <laughs> if he's related to Debbie Roshan or not. How awesome would that be? You know, well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I bet Richard knows Debbie Rashawn. Like, call her up. A lot of these, um, call her up. I wish I could just do that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know what I mean? Like, th- that's the thing with these filmmakers is like, a lot of people know everybody in the in film indies, in the indie film scene. That's why I love wonderful. indie films. Everybody kind of knows each other, everybody will work with each other, and it's great. Yeah. You know, you know? And, and like, wow, that's just, I, I just, I. I was very surprised at how much fun this movie was. Um, not that I didn't think it would be, but I just wasn't sure what you got me into. <laughs> you know, I never do. I was about to say that's typical of most of the movies, isn't it? Of yours, yeah. I, I'm a little bit more. Uh, 
I don't know, like more mainstreamish than you are. You're you're more like I'm gonna get you the bottom of the barrel kind of <laughs> stuff. Uh, but this one actually seemed more mainstream. I was very pleasantly surprised when I did announce the title that you just broke out laughing. I'm like, okay, we <laughs> yeah. picked the right person for this. Yeah, I I um I, I cackled <laughs> embarrassingly a lot. Is this the kind of movie you all show your friends? Oh, absolutely. During the entire film, I was like. I, I, like whenever there was like a slight lull where I knew like the, the scene was just going to like stretch out for a little bit, I would pick up my phone, hop onto Discord and just be like, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's official. We're all going to do that. They're actually the, the friends that I watch almost every film that like like whenever I'm not here, but we're still going to do an episode. Um, when I'm watching it, I usually watch it with them. Yeah, okay. those are, yeah so yeah, so when we're doing stuff and that we're not like – Alien Prophecy, probably. Yes. You, you <laughs> yes. yes. The movie well, that we still are mad that you and Mackenzie did not give it a ten each because we were, we it thought was bad. we thought it was the wor- one of the worst yeah. of the day. And then we, that that one was it um, the Blind or no not what was the one about the the blind Oh yeah yeah um, was it Blind or I think it was, yeah, it was some, called, something like that. Yeah. Do you remember? No, she he wasn't a part of that one. Oh okay okay. That's okay. Uh, Sarah French and and whatnot. But we were we did that one. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Thirty one days of indie horror. Well, the other thing that I liked is that you got real busy in your head about ideas. Oh and yeah. Stuff. Yeah, this film straight up inspired me, and now uh, can I can I talk about that? You can talk about anything you want. Okay, so so in the middle of the film, I was like, okay, it's official. I want to make one of these. I want to make <laughs> a purposefully not high budget horror film that's ridiculous. And so my brain went straight to like, okay, Paul likes cows like a lot, right? Oh, so yeah. what if we had like. Femboys versus the mood killer. <laughs> and it's just this this alien cow murderer that comes down from space and it's just like he comes to just ruin the vibe and then kill everybody. As you do. As one does indeed. And let's not forget his his uh, his sidekick, the naysayer. <laughs> a, a an alien horse who is just like, oh please don't kill me. Nay. You know, it's the opportunity for domestic animals all over the world to get their comeback. Yes, exactly. Get their revenge. That's exactly. right. And their revenge isn't just sitting in their bedroom in a robe. That's right. That's it, right. Yeah, that robe. Ugh, that but robe. that is a mark of a fun movie when you can watch something like this and then the ideas start creating yes. in your head and you're like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. Yep. A lot of movies we see will do that. I thought about that because yeah. like years ago, <clears throat> I would watch these movies and I'd be like, why am I not making something like this? Now, this was... You know, years ago before I actually started getting into real, you know, to, to film. But I was just like, why can't I just pick up my camera and just start making a movie with my friends? And uh, most of the time, and I'm not going to lie, most of the time my friends just have no interest, you know? They just, yeah, I mean, it wasn't until I met you, Paul, that you're, like, more interested. But, like, a lot of people I'd be like, let's go do something. They'd be like, well, I'd rather go do something else on a Sunday. You and know what I mean? I like, don't understand because there are people, if you – describe them in the movie and say it's one of those you know it's made in the backyard with friends and family they won't go near it and I'm like you guys don't understand there is value in this kind of film you don't have to be high end high budget Hollywood all the time yeah we're gonna have like no budget there, for femboy in the movie there is killer. room for low moderate budget films there's room for micro budget films there's room for no budget films you can make a fun interesting film with basically nothing it's you know, you know and i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about about this but basically there's a saying that i heard about from like from from the adult film industry where they're like it doesn't matter what you look like and who you are you are somebody's type it's the same with film it doesn't matter how bad or how good your film is someone out there is gonna love it it's gonna become somebody's new favorite thing <laughs> me probably <laughs> And, and you know what? And even if it's not somebody's thing, like, okay, so Paul loves terrible movies, like, or whatever, bad movies that are just not very good at all. But Quackadoodle. He, yeah. But he loves <laughs> showing people, pestering people, making people, whatever. I love and it. I'm Pester a, me more. I'm a troll. Right. <laughs> but, see, but, but see, a lot of, when we do the reviews and we say stuff like that, some of the directors that, that hear it kind of hear, okay, we're talking trash about their film we're not Mm-mm. and we're celebrating ta- and yeah we're celebrating it and we're actually usually saying really nice things about the movie 
sometimes even if we're if we're saying stuff that we don't yeah. like. I the remember thing is, you were really concerned about David Rock Nelson and, and uh, some of the other, you know, Cullen, some of these other guys who, you know, how would they take it? But David loved our yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know, and I've said this before, if we did not like your movie, we would never mention it. It would just, there'd be nothing said. Yep. You know what I mean? We would ignore it. And the fact of the matter is, even when we're pointing out things that are bad, it's with love. Yes. Like, like, we loved this movie. That is why we are reviewing it. We loved the good parts. We loved the bad parts. We loved the unpleasant parts. That's why we're talking about it. If there's anything we really legitimately don't like, we just won't talk about it. Even the raw wiener scene. Even the... Oh, my gosh. I was giggling so hard. I was... Okay. That was bad, but it was... My giggling was the only hard thing in that scene. <laughs> Mr. Softy, you, my friend, you were getting... You started pulling your shirt up with the uh, with the, the, the bitten-off wiener part. Oh, my gosh. That was so bad. We were all like, oh, You no! were cringing big time. <laughs> I was cringing. Yeah, it's. I mean, they did a really good job with it. Like I, I bought it. You know. And you know, sometimes even though you know the logical part of your brain knows exactly what's going on, it doesn't matter. The emotional side's like, ew, you know, yeah, react. It's still good. Like I wonder what they used for that. Honestly, uh, probably that same dildo that they just tore off. That know? was not a dildo. That was squishy. Well, they have squishy ones too. It was that squishy. Yeah. The they, puppet squished it. I know, but I think I think there are they make some that are su that are soft on purpose uh, for people who don't have them who want to stuff oh, them. Oh yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean? probably what it was. I, it I was extremely flaccid. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. They're not really dildos. They're, yeah. they're something. Yeah, else. there there are those ones that are for like people who like it's like for gender affirming stuff. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. But it was uh, it was very flaccid. But you ask about where the budget went. There you go. I'm sure that's not cheap. Absolutely. So. No, I imagine it's not. It's just, it's pretty great. Uh, not that it even remotely matched the guy's flesh color, but that, that's no, okay. Was, that, that man was <laughs> solidly like, he got a little bit of sun, and and that thing had... That, that's vampire flesh. Yeah, that was some Nosferatu. <laughs> Nosferatu cock. <laughs> Cockferatu. Cockferatu. <laughs> uh, oh, the ideas just keep coming. Oh, no, but that sounds like a porn right That's there. That's like oh, Cockula. Yeah. Count Cockula. There you go. Oh, so many ideas. <laughs> oh, All Lord. right, well, I guess we're right about that time where we can start talking about uh, scoring this film. Ding, ding, ding. I don't know if you remember how we score our movies. I do, but just in case they don't. All right, so we have our three... Uh, co-hosts and we rate our movie from a score of one to ten by which the stinkier the movie is the higher the score and if it's a really good movie without very many problems at all it's a low score if it's kind of meh it's in the middle we give it a score of five and if you're feeling kind of subtle you can give it a half step so a 5.5 a 6.5 that kind of thing and then we total up that score and then we figure out what is the stinkiest movie of the year and I'll tell you it's been kind of a wacky year this year we've had a we've had a lot of tens being thrown out there uh, there's been some crazy ass movies that we've been watching from you and from me mm -hmm. uh, it's it's been amazing Turkish Star Wars you should have been there for that oh one. my god can yeah. we go back and just watch that because <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> and the other one I think you would have been really enjoyed I think you would have really enjoyed uh, drunken Wu-Tang drunken Wu oh. with the watermelon monster oh We'll have to share the watermelon monster. Yes. You'd love it's that. So much fun. Um, or uh, mm -hmm. she would have also probably liked, uh, what's the other one? Lycan Colony. Oh, Lycan Colony. Lycan yes. Colony. Yes. Yeah, it's that, a werewolf movie, but. Uh, in, in theory. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> it was Amazing. fun. But anyway, so what do you guys think? Who wants to score first? Oh, okay. Uh, so, okay. This movie was not high on the stink for me um it knew what it was doing it was uh sort of it was fun you know if it had any stink it was sort of like on purpose so it really didn't make me think about it being a bad movie at all so i'm gonna give it a four you know i think it's i i think it's low on the on that scale on our scale so okay makes sense yeah, I, I actually, I do agree with you. That movie was genuinely fun to watch. The I mean, obviously you have like the same issues like color grading, not matching from scene to scene, continuity errors, blah, 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 sound. Um, there but, were a few day for night things too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, when they randomly went from day or night in, in the place, and then all of a sudden they're outside and they're in the day. Yeah, it. You know, oh, that that would probably put it at about a five for me. I think, but five? It, but yeah, like like five right in the middle because it was shot terribly, but five, but like not so terribly that it's above a five, and the enjoyment would bring it down if it was. Okay, that sounds good. I think I probably had a little more fun with this than you guys. Uh, clearly, my fun came from watching you guys watch the movie, <laughs> um, which is, you know, a lot of these movies are kind of like that. Um, and like I said, the pacing was problematic sometimes, and, um, you know, there were a few extra scenes that I thought, you know, if they had tightened up the narrative a little bit more, it would have been better. But remember, this is a lost film. So this wasn't really completed the same way that it normally would have done for a finished product. So I'm kind of going to give a cut a, few, a little more slack than I would uh, normally. But I would give this movie a three. <clears throat> so I'm a little bit lower than you guys. It does have a little bit of a stink to it, but it's a purposeful stink. It's yeah, yeah like it's done, a good stink. It's stink with love. Yeah. Right. It, so, it was cute. As I said, yes. it was... Uh, is this a movie like I'd watch all the time? Probably not. Um, and I, I, I hate to say it, I'd probably watch a Chris Seaver movie before I'd watch this one. However, with that being said, I do uh, like it makes me want to watch other films, like uh, especially the eight, uh, Bigfoot Ate My Boyfriend. Yes, that just sounds like fun. It and does. How would you it, not want to watch a movie called that? Right. Well, I mean, not just the title, but I feel like I, I feel like if this guy continues. To do the same kind of stuff like that, it's going to be it, like. Yeah, what, what's the director's name again? Richard Mogg. Richard Mogg. And while I was unable to confirm it, it did feel Canadian, didn't it? It did, <laughs> or at least like northern, northern. Those 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 wacky Canadians. They yeah. can. Richard Mogg, please keep making movies. I will yes. watch them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There you go. If that's not an endorsement, a ringing endorsement, I don't know what is. And I just love the fact that. You know, he was able to write a book and talk with Donald Farmer and Joel Weinkoop and all Ron Bonk and all the people that we love. You know, this is awesome. I mean, he is certainly following all of these guys in their footsteps. Very niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I gotta say, I, I very much enjoyed the film. It was fun. Yeah. So there you go. And I think we managed to pick the right person because, you know, you were able to sort of go with the flow and go with the humor. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. There I some love people... that you, you introduced it to me. You're like, you know, I really think you're going to like this film. It's all about, you know, female empowerment. And I went, right? uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there was. <clears throat> there was. There and was. actually, like, considering, like, you see a lot of female empowerment movies that are done by men. And it's it's like oh god what are you doing you know yeah I mean this had this had plenty of fan service in it sure but like it was all right I liked it I liked yeah. it good job Richard so and I was going to ask you and I forgot to ask you but I was going to ask you you know coming from a you know a female's perspective sometimes <clears throat> how, how sometimes how I mean did this uh, come off okay in regards to presentations of women that kind of thing oh I mean I mean it was definitely stereotypical and everything but we didn't. Like there were some boob shots. There were there were boob shots. The it had a very like James Bond esque sort of like Trish orgasm type of thing. Um, I think it was fun. It wasn't exactly like 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 pro feminists breaking the whatever, no. but it was also shot in like 2012. Right. So I'm not expecting it to be you know rocking that particular boat. But it wasn't done in a sleazy, it was exploitative not, point of view. Like despite it be one chick literally having a problem with orgasming all the time, and despite the shots of all the boobs and everything, and all the like women just being all about men, believe it or not, it, you know what? You know what? The reason why I'm cool with it is because it passes the Bechdel test. Oh, okay. It does. And for those of you who don't know, the Bechdel test is simply a test to see if there's proper female representation in a film. And there are three <coughs> rules, just three. One, there has to be more than one female or female presenting character in the story. They have to talk to each other about something that is not a man. And this one is optional. That's how, this is how low the bar is. They have to have names. This one <laughs> has... All three. So there the fact go. of the matter is, like, yeah, it might have been, like, a little, little, little bit sleazy here and there. But, you know, it passes the Bechdel test. Now, we never got into the reasons why Candy Pickles was lashing out the way she was and stealing VCRs from angry men. Yeah. <laughs> but I imagine there's, you know, room for a, a sequel. sequel. Yes. yes. Come on. 
Yes. I mean, how expensive could those one-eyed like Elmo dolls be? Yes, I want Candy Pickles to come back and and like at this point, you know, they've been fighting. Pa- they've been fighting the shit for so long because that one guy at the end was just like farting, and like she can just be like, "This is my responsibility. Like I'm not from here, but rah!" And then like she can come back and like raise up a bunch of new badass warrior women. I mean, they could easily clean out Uranus, right? <laughs> yeah. They, they got to have a weapon called the enema. Yes. The enema. The enema, the enema machine. And once it's cleaned out, they, she comes back to Earth, and then all of a sudden there's a new crop of maybe different aliens for them to fight. Different Muppets. Right. Oh, my right, God. Right. One-eyed Wilmos. I love them. I can't. Uh, I want to see more of those. I wonder if he still has them. We'd have oh, to ask. Oh, please. Please. Um, can I, I buy did, one from you, Richard Mug? Yes. I did find out he's, he is from uh, Vancouver. Ah, so. uh, there you go. There, there it you is. Go. There, there's nice, nice, nice. I have to wonder if our... Um, if our friends who made uh, Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter know those guys, because I think they're Vancouverians too. I know, <laughs> and you know what? This actually did remind me of Jesus Christ a Vampire Hunter because there was, especially with the sound, like saying that yeah, the sound often dubbing it and stuff like that. That's and the what... sort of rock and soundtrack. We didn't even talk about the music. Did you guys like the music? Oh my gosh, the music slapped. Yeah. The music slapped so much. Also, shout out to the Pink Phone, A plus. The Pink, pink Phone. Phone. We were wondering <laughs> we about that. Of, what yeah. is the Pink Phone? It got such prominence in the in the credits, and it was like boom, there. Is a pink phone. Beautiful, pink phone. I mean, that guy was was talking on it. Yeah, but whatever music they they used, it was. I I was jamming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was. You know, I I mean, it really takes a lot, honestly, these days to get me to give a four. You know, because we've seen so much crap. You Mm -hmm. know, and generally we pick crap on purpose. You know, because we want we want to. to showcase these movies or whatever. So. And, you know, just just to throw some shade out there, because remember that we do get questions from people like, are you picking tens on purpose? And we're like, we don't always do that. We don't. Sometimes. This year we, you, this year we sort of were making up for for, la, uh, for last <laughs> we year. We got ripped off last year a few I times. I know. It's we not did. your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. What What did I do? What did I not <laughs> do? Alien prophecy. Just oh. Alien beasts. Oh, I'll oh never is it because be I didn't give it a ten? Beasts. Is it because I didn't give it a ten? Well, you yeah. at least close. Alien beasts got a five, and we were like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> we have to show you that. Oh, oh my yes, God. yes. So that got like a twenty-five, and then yours got like a twenty-nine and a half or something, or twenty-eight. Right. And so half. yours was close something enough like that, that it's okay. Like, but, yeah. But I mean, it wasn't five? that bad. It's just like things John like that. We, we start with alien prophecy, and so then Paul goes. Paul looks over. I got one that hold my beer. Like yeah, that can't. That's got to be a thirty. Of course, it gets a twenty-five, and they're like, oh. Then we do another one, and just Jen gives it a lower score, and we're just like, what? Or what is going on? We had like six or seven of those last. Oh my gosh! Paul and I picked two movies. I think last year that we knew was gonna, and actually, even Paul was almost not gonna gonna give me the ten on one of them. But he felt so bad because he knew what I was doing that he was like, you know what, it, it's a tank. And then I had to drop the atom bomb and do Miss Werewolf. And there was like, yeah, there's no there's no way. That was a 10 that was, plus. That was a 10 plus. That's the only 10 plus that we've done. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> well, I, is, that, is that about it? That I'd about say that's just about it. Is there any other final things? Ramaka, tell us, is there anything interesting going on with you these days? Production-wise? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm filming a bunch of short skits with some friends today, actually. Yay. Nice. Uh, and uh, I'm basically, okay, so I no longer live in the same town. <laughs> <laughs> I know, no crying, it's okay. Um, but I do visit fairly often. Yay. And so every time I visit, I want to film one short thing. Yay. Even if it's just some, some crappy two-minute teaser of something I'll never make, I want to always pick up my camera right. and film something new. Excellent idea. Yes. So that is going to be my goal for the rest of the year, um, is just to, to film something new and small every month if I can, but at the very least every time I come and visit here. Okay. And are there any larger sort of uh, productions that you're putting together? Nothing I can talk about at this moment, Uh but perhaps eventually. Okay, that sounds good. Um, Anything interesting going on, Mr. Moody, with Sick Flick Productions that we should discuss? We are shooting, so this will actually be out, I think, in June or July. I'm not sure which which month for this episode. We we try to do things ahead of time whenever we can. Yeah, we've been doing that. And our actual plan was to to record everything by July. Mm -hmm. And... So we don't have to really worry, but uh, 
anyway, the problem with doing that is then we have to do that for the next season and the next season, you know, right? Which means we, you know, whatever. So it almost kind of defeats the purpose. But um, anyway, we got we got all that like done, and so we're shooting uh, Screen Queen Campfire. We're finishing that up in uh, 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 June, and then we are shooting uh, some more stuff up in uh, in November. Hopefully, that's the plan. So we got that, and then we're doing all the podcasts. So, and I think. I, I think it's safe to say I can announce this now, but I, I think in 2023, like next year, uh, I'm scaling back a lot on the podcast. And I've you kind of mentioned that before of doing that and never doing You're it. You're not going to do 75 podcasts I at know, the same time? I, I'm, I'm tired. And especially that <laughs> 31 days of indie horror, man, that, that was wiping me out. And doing mm. doing 31 days of indie horror and doing 52 week or 52 week movie challenge. So once a week and, you know, whatever, it's just too much. Seems so. like a lot of opinions to just generate up. I know. It's just tiring. And, and you know, I'm just like, I'm done. Yeah, and so I think this is going to be, I'm going to scale back a lot. Now, Indie Film Cafe is still going to be the main thing. Sure. Other stuff. There'll be stuff like Indie Film Cafe Spotlight and some other things like that. But aside from that, I kind of want to kind of keep it low-key. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. But, you know, we'd love to have you back one of our productions, too. Absolutely. Class to join up. <laughs> be awesome. Yeah. But uh, in any event, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. So thank you both for joining us. Um, hopefully we won't have any hot chicks blasting Uranuses anytime soon. Or but, hopefully um, we will. Or hopefully we will. Hopefully uh, Mr. Machin <laughs> will come back for another episode at some point. Absolutely. Yay. And uh, we will see you guys on the flip side. Bye. Bye. And Uranus.